Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of the Simply Put Podcast. My name is Mickey Angelis. I'll be your host here. It's happy leap day and happy 100th episode. This is your boy Fred Neonez, a.k.a. Angelo. Hey, hey, it's Jay. We also have a special guest here for you today, and it is one of your non-favorites, Roger <laughs> DaCosta. Film Wonder. Say hi, Wonder. Roger. Hey, this is Roger DaCosta from FilmWonder.com. <laughs> Check me out. and um, I, I Yes, was... so guys, <laughs> this is your weekly podcast where we discuss the news that surrounds the world of entertainment that interests us this week. So, in the meantime, in between time, for the hundredth time, let's get this episode started. So guys, recording live on February 29th, 2015, 2016, this is the Simply Put Podcast and we are going to do a very special episode for episode 100. My name obviously is Mickey, we have Fred here. Hi! We have Jay here. Jay's here. We have, and we have Roger here. Hi. So guys, usually we will be discussing the news that surrounds the world of entertainment and movies, television, and anything geek, lifestyle, culture. Uh, but for the 100, we want to give you guys a special episode. Something that we've done always in the you know the basements and the lounges and the living rooms of Garages, our homes. Yeah. So um, this is in the vein of Screen Junkies movie fights. This is our inspiration for today's episode. Iconic. But before <laughs> we get into that, it's going to be more of a debate. We might have a little bit of fight, especially for some of the topics we have to talk about. But before we get into that... Let's talk about news that surrounded the uh, Weekend. movie-verse, of course, and that would be the Oscars. So, guys, how'd you guys feel about the 88th Oscars? It was cool, man. It was entertaining. Way better than last year, because Chris Rock is definitely a better host than Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, he, he tackled the whole controversy right off the bat. Extended the joke for too much of my liking throughout the night, but hey, what are you going to do? But, you know what? I, Neil finally got his Oscar. Bravo, sir. And there you go. Yeah, I only uh, jumped in for, I think, the last one-third of the Oscars. But, uh, yeah, that long. It did. It was really long. It started at 8 and it ended at, like, 12, right? Yeah, 12. But uh, I think, other than everybody in the audience being very tired, I think they enjoyed themselves. Nobody was, like, getting their buttons pushed too much. Uh, I love the whole bit where Chris Rock sold a bunch of... Uh, Girl it's Scout cookies. Pizza. Yeah, instead of pizza, it was Girl Scout cookies, and everybody was devouring them from Leonardo DiCaprio to uh, Chrissy Teigen. Everybody just wanted some Girl Scout cookies. Michael B. Jordan did not get his Girl Scout cookies. Because because Chris Rock didn't want to get all the ladies. <laughs> but um, yeah, and uh, congrats again to Leo and all the other winners of the uh, Oscars, the Golden Statues, and all that. My favorite bit, though, other than the Girl Scout cookies, was when he went to the movie theater in Compton. And oh, he was yeah, asking people about, oh, yeah, what do you think of Spotlight? You won't. And, and most of the reactions were like, are these real movies? Did these really come out? I didn't see it. That's funny, though. That was really funny. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I think the Girl Scout cookie bit was, I think, was really nice. I think uh, it definitely differed itself from the whole stupid suitcase thing that Ellen did in the previous year. Um, uh, but otherwise, you know, I think... The people who won were pretty good. I don't want to say anybody got snubbed. I think a few people got snubbed out of nominations. Yes. Uh, but as far as winning, I think the one that was a little bit... not I don't want to say upsetting because, you know, it is a very subject, subjective thing. was uh, the Best Male Supporting Actor, which Mark Rylance won uh, for Bridge of Spies. Um, you know, my pick, I believe, was Mark Ruffalo. You guys were like Slice Alone. Slice Alone! Um, Rocky! I say Ruffalo. 
So, so those were our picks for uh, the Oscars. I think that Chris Rock did a great job. Yeah, he did. Um, a few of the bits, yes, I agree with Fred, kind of went a little bit. Too a little, long. A, a little, not only long, but it got a little... I don't mind the stabs at Hollywood because I think he did an amazing job at mm-hmm. it. I think he was hitting those stabs like a surgeon. Yeah. But then when he got a little bit closer to the middle portion of the episode, he got... He was trying to stir. He was stroking the bear a little bit too hard over there. So. With the whole Will Smith thing, that was a no, I don't mind about the Will no, Smith. Smith there, I, I, I don't want to say it on the podcast because uh, it, it just, it, it just, I don't know, yeah, a little, thing, a little too, too hard for me. Just and too, a little too weird, a little too. But it, it got there. It was, I'm sorry, cause I, I didn't watch the Oscars, not, not because I was boycotting it, but. What so you, you're not Jada Smith. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't watch it because uh, uh, part of me was was nervous that Spotlight wouldn't win best best picture because I, I best, de- yeah. it, it needed to and if it did it I would have. That was the out. only one to me that was a Sherlock. I I, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, for for DiCaprio to win best actor, um, it, he it's odd because he deserved it, but at the same time it's it's a political move like yeah. Give it to him already. It's like the same. It's like the same way they they gave Scorsese for The Departed. I mean, like yeah, yeah. or Susan Lucci. Susan Lucci. Yeah. yeah, like, what, yeah, like I know, always so. fe- always felt like either he should have won it earlier or he should just not win it till later because I feel that without him winning it, there's a little bit more talk about him. He's always gonna put out good work regardless of the Oscar. But now that he won it, I feel it takes some. It takes a little bit of the the aura out of Leonardo right. DiCaprio. So obviously, we're always gonna expect a great performance, which he does. In pretty much every movie he's done since was eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah. Um, Shutter Island. Yeah, that wasn't as good, but I think I like Shutter Island. I think with with him winning it now, it, great. It should have been a long time ago, but now is what now? What else are we gonna talk about? Now, speech is gone. I I agree with you know? that. Um, like just like Susan Lucci, like yeah. as soon as she won it, what they canceled like uh, <laughs> all my children. Leo should do a biopic. On Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> being a shoe cobbler. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> being that's a shoe funny. He would win. He would win. He would definitely <laughs> he would, repeat. He, he would, would win. Repeat. He would win. That's so true. <clears throat> Seriously, though, but go on. All right, guys. So um, we're going to end it there. We're going to get straight into this uh, special, I guess, prepared um, episode for episode 100. And to start off our topics of debate, we're going to give you guys the list of the top 12 superhero full feature films that we would like to talk about. We have a fun one where we're going to discuss which is the best movie that Sean Bean has died in. Um, what is the scene in any movie that will make you cry all the time? Um, we're going to have a little bit of a pitch meeting uh, from the movie's release from 2000 2009. Which one should be remade? Who should be a part of it? What is the tone? What is the plot? Um, if we were trapped... In a natural disaster of any sorts, which action star would we like us to be saved from, uh, saved by? Um, Quentin Tarantino directed a lot of great films, but what is the best directed scene from him? And at number seven, to end it, we're going to talk about what is the best speech and or monologue given in a movie. Okay. <sighs> <sighs> so to start it off with the yeah. debate... Um, we're going to start it off with listing our top 12 superhero feature films. Um, what we were going to do was kind of debate which list was the best, but I think that was pretty difficult and hard. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you off our 12. Uh, we're going to go around the table, talk a few of the reasons of some why these, some of these movies made it to our list. And then we're going to compile them in a co- comprehensive list for the Simply Put 
podcast top 12 superhero full feature film. There's a few criteria that we had to attach to this. Um, the film must be adapted from or taken inspiration from a comic or a graphic novel. Um, the superhero must have either an alter ego or an alias of a name. And also, um, it has to be good. That's like probably the main one. Um, so guys, to start it off, my list got a little choppy as soon as I found out what everybody else's was, but I'm going to stick to my top 12. Starting 12 to 1, we have The Master of Phantasm, obviously one of the great full fe- feature length films that was actually released in theaters that was animated from Bruce Tim, Paul Dini and crew. Thor, for obvious reasons, Deadpool, Blade 2. Without Blade 2, what else could we have had with the superhero genre? V for Vendetta. Hugo Weaving's voice is so soothing. Natalie Portman's <clears throat> bald head is so smooth. Uh, <laughs> Batman 89, Tim Burton. Uh, Superman the movie, Dick Donner. You have The Dark Knight from Christopher Nolan. Avengers, obviously, probably, if not only, the most historically uh, acclaimed superhero lead-up movie um, how could you not mention that? And obviously to that, you have Iron Man number two, you have Captain America, the Winter Soldier, an amazing sequel. Um, and another amazing sequel that rounds out my list at number one would be Spider-Man 2 from Sam Raimi. Okay, my my top 12 from number 12 is X2, X-Men United. I just love that film. The first scene was amazing, the Nightcrawler scene. Go YouTube that. Uh, number 11 is kind of a cheat for me. It did not have a wide release, but it did go straight to DVD. And it's Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. One of the greatest adaptations that I've ever seen put on film. Uh, go watch that. Batman 89, of course, is in my top 10. Then uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. To me, the best X-Men movie to date. Uh, number 8, Spider-Man 2. two. Uh, number 7, Batman, The Mask of the Phantasm. My gateway drug into what I love about Batman. Uh, number 6, Guardians of the Galaxy. Changed the whole game up of what we've been accustomed to. Superhero films before that, and they changed it up, and now everybody's copying them. Number five, very controversial, Man of Steel. I'll leave it there. <laughs> Number four, the first Iron Man. Number three, The Dark Knight. It's Heat with Batman. Number two, Marvel's The Avengers. And my number one film is Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Robert Redfield in the MCU. Boom. Nice. Well, um, I do have a great memory, but I'm very much touched more recent things. So my list goes Deadpool at 12. The Wolverine, because I just love Japanese culture so much. I'm a Lutaku at heart. Uh, I'm going to go with First Avenger at 8, Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Days of Future Past. Without that, we couldn't have this new uh, trilogy that we're getting now. Uh, First Class, Avengers Age of Ultron, Winter Soldier, Avengers Iron Man at number 2. I, I still have that Iron Man uh, collector uh, case. The faceplate. The faceplate, yeah, which is so awesome. And number 1 for me is Batman The Dark Knight. Wow. Um, so uh, my, uh, my number 12, <laughs> my number 12 is Spider-Man 2. Um, is, it means Spider-Man 2. No, that's, that's your number that's one. number one. one. These are by points. You have to go from number one to 12. So you got one, one, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. Says, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so number one, number one is um, the Hulk by Ang Lee. Um, I, I I just I just love that movie because it, it, it was Why? it was the first and only kind of movie where he cre- he wanted to I rather to watch Superman Returns than the Hulk. He wanted to literally create a comic book and and, and I applaud him for the effort. 
and I applaud him for his artistic. I do. Don't don't give me that look. I I applaud him for his artistic merit. And the, 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 imagine the scene where he's in the desert and and he he throws the tank and then he jumps a whole entire mile. All right, all right, all right anyway. number eleven. Okay, number eleven. Okay, all right. Because I had to defend myself on that one. All right, so n- number eleven is The Incredibles. Um. That's number two. Those, those oh, are a point system. You have oh, to do the reverse. point system. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right. So, uh, n- number, uh, the next one is uh, Iron Man 3. I love Iron Man 3. Uh, I thought at the sheer fact that he had uh, multiple suits and the build, <laughs> the whole fight scene towards the end it really got me. I also love the fact that through half of the movie, he wasn't even in his suit. He had to kind of regain, you know, his, his, uh, his uh, identity. Um, no, next one is uh, The Batman Dark Knight Rises. I, for the next one after that is the Wolverine, then the first Avengers, then Batman from 1989, Superman 2, Guardians of the Galaxy, Winter Soldier, and number one is, oh, sorry, and uh, The Incredibles, and number one is Spider-Man 2, Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2. All right, guys, so what we did was before we did the math. Uh, we consolidate everybody, every point schedule, obviously 1 to 12. You reverse that, you'll get your point schedule 12 to 1. So starting off the top of our list for the Simply Put Podcast, top 12, superhero full feature films. Number 1 will be Marvel's Captain America Winter Soldier. Number yeah, 2 yeah. would be Marvel's Avengers. Number 3 will be Marvel's Iron Man. Number 4 would be The Dark Knight. Number 5 will be Spider-Man 2, and I think that top 5 could be in anybody's list. Um, in any order. Um, number six, with the bottom of the list, Guardians of the Galaxy. Happy these guys put it and reminded me where to put it in the, in the list. Um, number seven, obviously, Batman 89 from Tim Burton. Great job. Um, number eight, am I on the right path here? Yes. Uh, yes. Eight, yes. Eight, um, X-Men Days of Future Pass. Um, the predecessor to that will be the next one, which would be X-Men First Class. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for number ten, we have Superman 2. And number 11, Mass of the Phantasm. So, guys, that's obviously only 11 movies that we put in our list. And what we're going to do now is kind of fight for who deserves the 12th spot. Um, there's a lot of movies that's on my list that did not make it to the top 12. So is everybody else's. Does anybody would like to, would anybody like to start the battle for which movie deserves that final slot? Go, Mr. Film Wonder. I want to hear this. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't want you guys to be mad at me, so I'm not going to say what I really want to say. No, I'll say it, bro. Which is Electra. But, but, <laughs> but um, for this list, I really think uh, The Incredibles should be there. Um, the Incredibles was uh, an incredible movie. I, I mean, I, I'm waiting for Brad Bird to make a sequel, and he's probably not going to, but... No, it's confirmed. He, he is, did. and it's confirmed. It's confirmed. Um, is it? Yeah. Yes. Then uh, Incredibles 1... <laughs> <laughs> Just put Incredibles two because that's gonna be awesome too. <laughs> Incredibles, I, I do put. Uh, for my number twelve, I'm gonna have to fight for is Deadpool because it's rated R. And it's setting the new bar for for superhero movies that you could just go out and watch. Uh, that ra- that R rating and that band in China did not mean squat for bringing in all those money, all that big cash, and all this hype around this this one movie. And hey, Deadpool should be on the list right now. I was gonna go with Man of Steel, but I'm not gonna do that. I love Batman, so I'm picking Batman: The Dark Knight Returns Part One and Two. Like I said, it's the greatest adaptation from book to screen that I've ever seen. Any comic book movie has done. They held the the art from the from the original graphic model, um, 
graphic novel from the 80s, and they brought it into the 21st century here. And Peter Weller as Batman, I would have never thought that would work, but his voice was amazing, and that one line when he says, No more! Gets me every time. So I was going to fight for Deadpool. Um, But I'll own up to my mistake. Uh, This movie did not make my list, and I'm going to kind of back up Roger with The Incredibles. I think The Incredibles is not only the best Pixar movie uh, alongside the Toy Story franchise, but also just the best superhero movie out. It's an animated movie that brings the Fantastic Four to life Mm -hmm. in a realistic world where not only do you have the kids to relate to in the kid level, but you also have this middle-aged man that you can relate to as more of an adult. The fathers and the mothers could see that this guy is trying his hardest to not only provide for his family, but also live the dream that he lives, and that is becoming a superhero. You have Samuel L. Jackson in it. You already won right there. Mm -hmm. Um, You have, the uh, I think, Syndrome. Uh, from Jason Lee was, yeah. was a great was a great villain, um, and the story arc of how he became the villain was also great. And then um, I think the climactic battle in the end really sold it to me, as well as that little uh, teaser where maybe that the the, the Jack, baby Jack. Jack could be actually the villain for two. And with with Brad Bird confirming and Disney Pixar confirming that there will be a sequel, I hope that they knock this sequel out of the park just the way Spider Man Two did and Blade did and uh, the Winter Soldier did with these sequels to movies that actually are better than the, the first one. Yeah. But dude, Deadpool, everyone's like talking about, oh, I'm going to make this next movie NC-17. I know they're just making jokes about <laughs> it, right. but that's just so funny, <laughs> just taking the rating systems and all that. I just love how it could just relate to everybody, but obviously not the kids at this moment, but once they get of age, they will be able to watch it, they will be able to enjoy it, and it was so meta, it was just so refreshing for me, not not having to go the whole PG-13 route or the PG route. Finally. Yeah, or the G route. Yeah. Uh, to, To combat that, I think that the reason why I think Deadpool shouldn't be on this list is because... One, though it is a rated R film, I think it fits the rated R because of the character that Deadpool is. What it's uh, perpetuating now in film is that everybody wants to do a rated R superhero movie, which I think that every character does not need. Mm -hmm. Um, As soon as Deadpool made, what, $153 million off the weekend... What the DC announced that there's going to be a rated R Blu-ray mm-hmm. for the Dark yeah. Knight uh, for Batman v Superman. That I definitely would love, but other than that, I would not want to see like a rated R X Men. I wouldn't other than Wolverine movie, which or even X Force complete. <laughs> I would I would I do not need to see a rated R Captain America, Guardians of the Galaxy, or so on and so forth. Um, so to me, I think the waves that Deadpool is doing is giving studio heads not enough information, and I think I agree with James Gunn and how he says that what they're taking away from this success is going to lead to more failures and maybe uh, kind of cripple the superhero genre. Yeah, and to like... So that's my... my yeah, to, to, and, to piggyback, nice, yeah. Very and to piggyback... Yeah, and to piggyback on what Mick says, why yeah. I think The Dark Knight yeah. Returns Part 1 and 2 should be our number 12 is because if you look at that graphic novel, it is, it's a hard R. The, the content, the story, even the conflict between Batman and Superman, even Batman and Joker. But the way they did it, they did it at PG-13. Yeah, you still have the violence, but it's, it works. And, it, and if you look at this list, anybody, any age group can watch it. And so I think everybody loves Batman. Batman's the greatest superhero on the planet. So put Batman Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2 on there, right? It's Batman, right? All right, it's all right. Batman. Well, everyone could love Batman all they want right now, but I, right now, at this time, everyone loves Deadpool. So I'm He's just the flavor of the month. I mean, hey, he's <laughs> the flavor in my mouth right now. Oh, hey, yo. That, that wasn't Roger. 
if, you, if you watch The Incredibles, I forgot the line. Maybe you guys can remember it. Where, where, where um, the Mr. Incredible tells, tells Syndrome when he was a kid. He goes, be the best you can be. And he's like, but you don't tell me what kind of person I should be. Like, the, the question, I forgot the question, but the question that he asked was so philosophical that it, it, it encapsulated so much for such a a, a, a simple film. I, I love Batman, Deadpool. I mean, it's I completely and utterly agree with Mickey on that. It, more bad movies are just going to come out. Okay, so I guess I'll fight by myself. Um, <laughs> the reason I don't think The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and Part 2 deserves on this list is because it does not... With all these movies, I think it fills all four quadrants. You have the young, the old, the men, the women. I think The Incredibles does that perfectly. I think what The Dark Knight Return does, part one, part two, is satisfy my fix for some Frank Miller love. And to see it in the closest thing we're going to get to live action, which mm -hmm. is an animated film from probably the best superhero animated uh, powerhouse that's not doing it in the movies right now until Batman v Superman is DC Warner Brothers. So that's my reason and that's my debate for why I think Incredible deserves to be on this list and why I should be shunned because I didn't put it in my list. It's, I to, agree. To steal the words from Kevin Smith is the catcher of rye of comic book of stories, man. Come on, to see it in motion, Dark Knight, part one and part two. Deadpool came out on Valentine's Day, guys. Come on. And it's breaking records for rom-com day. Come on! Rom-coms come and go. Whoa! Yeah, that's But true. the Dark Knight Returns last forever, baby. <laughs> hey, hey, Deadpool already teased for Cable, all right? So I'm sold for that. Not everybody I'm knows who sold. Cable is. So. And, and both... Everyone both, should know who Cable and is. Both, both movies are pretty incredible. So, yeah. This what? <laughs> but anyways, guys, you Jesus have... It. Me, uh, we have three possible movies that could possibly be in this list. We have The Incredibles. We have The Dark Knight Part 1, Part 2 Returns. Excuse me, and we have the most recent success with Deadpool. Which one deserves to be on our list? Tweet us at, at Simply Put Talk. Let us know <laughs> what movie deserves to be put on this list. Chimichanga! All right, we are going really ahead of schedule. Look at Dash. All right, guys, so number two of our topics ding ding. What is the best movie involving the death of Sean Bean? Starting with Fred. I'm going with Equilibrium. Ooh. It's the best, <laughs> it's the best movie of involving Sh Sean Bean's death because if Sean Bean doesn't die in that movie, there is no Equilibrium. Right? If you watch that whole scene in the church when he's saying those, those, that, that poetry, you see Christian Bale, the future Batman, finally finding emotion in a world where emotion is, is illegal. So I think Equilibrium is the best movie that involves Sean Bean's death. Dude, I'm pitching a movie that you wanted Sean Bean to die in, and that is <laughs> That's funny. Hitcher. That's funny. Dude, he was he was, he was one of the main big baddies in that movie. Well, he is the baddie in that movie. He was cerebral with, with everything he was doing. He was uh he he ripped somebody in half with a with a with a semi. Come on, that's so crazy. <laughs> and then you have the damsel in distress, so Sophia Bush at the height of One Tree Hill days. Taking him out with the shotgun to the face, that's how Sean Bean had to die. All the other movies that Sean Bean died in, you didn't really want him to die because you wanted the character to live on. And that's my pitch, Hitcher. Uh, for me, Sean Bean dying in uh, Lord of the Rings was... Uh, of course. Say your piece, say your piece, say your piece. Of course, but it, the, the reason why his death was so important wasn't because, you know, uh, he was a great actor. It's because for the second for the second uh, uh, sequel, Two Towers, when you actually meet Sean Bean's brother and he actually realizes that 
he's dead. And not only is he dead, he's dead because of these two hobbits. And it, it just adds more to the story. And the fact that he got shot with nine arrows, and it, it was brilliant to me. All right. Uh, for me, I think the best movie that involves Sean Bean's death is one of the better Bond movies, and that's going to be GoldenEye. Ooh, Pierce Bro- this was Pierce Brosnan's first and best Bond flick. GoldenEye was the first film to use the non-literature from Ian Fleming's novels. It's a unique story, which was devised by Michael France, which has Sean Bean as actually 006, who dies in the beginning of the movie, so we got that. And then in the end, we find out that he's actually the next uh, nemesis for James. Um, it was also culturally influencing because it was um, the game of GoldenEye 007 on Nintendo 64. There's no <laughs> child from the 90s who could say that Land he did mines, not play mines. the multiplayer mode. Golden Gun. Uh, it introduced Golden us to guy. Judy Dench. Hello, diversity. And hello. Um, be- uh, and before Golden. Fast 6, GoldenEye gave us the best use of a tank in a chase scene. We have Famke Johnson, again, a double plus. You have the most That's used nice. gadgets. And um, it had a lot of new ideas that introduced Boris, played by Alan Cummings, to replace Q, and also replacing the Aston Martin with a BMW Z3, which to some might say is blasphemy, but I consider it a better change of cards. <laughs> and if that isn't already winning you guys over, Tina Turner with Bono and the Edge on the soundtrack. That's pretty hard to fight. And then all that leads to Sean Bean's death. It's the best movie, bro. But bro, bro, bro. The, no, no, it's the involves, best death, bro. It's no, the best death. What is the best movie, and I capitalized it, involving the yeah. death of Sean Bean? Oh. Yeah, 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 it's pretty hard to say. If you want to say Peter Jackson think, took seven years to make Lord of the Rings. Congratulations, but that, I'm talking about one movie. I think that the death of Sean Bean, right, if you want to play right, that right, card, okay, okay. as okay, 006, okay, okay, the best okay. friend to James Bond, no, no, and then comes. It's Goldeneye. It's Goldeneye. What did I say? Yeah. Right. No, he's agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. Yes, yes. And then you have um, him to come back as actually the the villain, another antagonist. And come on, that satellite giant scene. And when he gets crushed How could you yeah. freaking... Come on, man. Goldeneye. Oh, it's so hard to push for a hitcher, but then you see where he, where he puts the, the best guy thing you got chase. was Sophia Bush. Yeah, yeah. Sophia that was the Bush. best line you had. Sophia Bush with a shotgun, with the cowboy boots. Oh my god! In the middle of the desert, pointing the shotgun right at Sean Bean's head, going, "Bam! You're done with. You're ridiculous. You're done, done. Ridiculous. But but just ripping off a guy with two semis going in opposite directions." You can just see all the guts. Uh, well, Goldeneye, you have a tank. Before Fast Six did it, chasing <laughs> Famke Johnson and that other dude. And Equilibrium. Uh, uh, Who saw that? I, I did, did. and it was good. I'm sorry. It introduced us to Gun Kata, baby. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it and it made Christian Bale a, an action star. That's why he became Batman. Anyway, Equilibrium is the best movie in both Shambi's death because his death is so pivotal to that story, right? I, 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 Double the, the the Golden Eye one. It's he. You got a you got a double death right? in Golden Eye because he yeah, died in the beginning. He faked and he his did. death and then you know it's Sean Bean playing a bad guy. We've seen that so many times. Is you know, it's whatever. This one he's a friend of Christian Bale who's basically a robot and he made the robot feel like in the Iron Giant and that's why Equilibrium is the best movie. No, Golden Eye. The Golden Eye is the best movie because if you want to just strictly talk about the death, yes, he did die in the beginning. But you're like, oh no, this movie's gonna be a simple Sean Bean death movie. No, he comes back to life. You're like, oh my god, it's such a twist. And then he dies again, and then you feel comforted because he died. <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I, I did feel comforted in the end, yes. 
<laughs> Goldeneye. Don't. Right? Sean Bean, you don't even you don't even know he's the bad guy until the end. Yeah. Famke Jensen carried that movie yeah, as the main she villain, movie, right? Man. Yes, she, she, did. Did. No, yes she, she did. No, she did. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Yes, she she did. Slipping all that. Exactly. Yes, she did. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Film Wonder. Damn right. Equilibrium was the greatest because whoa, his death whoa. was important to the story. It, it stops here. It was important <laughs> to the story. It stops you here. want to know what? Your movie couldn't pay off. And I'm talking about to Roger here, Fellowship. Oh. Because, <laughs> what? first of all, what? 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 Fellowship of the Ring is what? not even the best Lord of the Rings movie. But it's it's not, obviously Two Towers. Two towers. No, it's not. Return of ah. the King for no, no, me no, is the best. Return of the King is the best. You bow to no one. Return but anyway, the best movie. Also, <laughs> that castles Roger <laughs> out for Fellowship of the Ring. Thank you. No, 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 it doesn't. He died the third one. He died the first one. I agree with Roger that the Boromir death is probably the best. his best death. Yeah, it is. Right? But, but, you don't, you didn't. You could cut that character out. You could cut that movie. It was replaced by the brother. You could cut that character out with the brother. You gave you gave the brother right? from three hundred, and he and, and replaced that character. He only had yeah, one yeah, good yeah, line: yeah. "Was sons of Gondor," and that was it. No, and, and he you know the no, 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 no. He's Hold on, hold on. And he finds the ring, and he finds the ring, and he looks at it, and everyone's and he and he's like, "Great, that's a great philosophy about the 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 theory of man." But anyways, to talk about Hitcher. I didn't see it. Well, Hitcher, Me I, I didn't see that shit. Well, too bad <laughs> on you guys, but they, that was... More people the... watch Equilibrium than they did Hitcher. <laughs> and more people watch GoldenEye because of its cultural relevance. Re relevance. Relevance. And... Uh, my, my movie has Tay Diggs as a my, bad guy. My movie has books and it made billions of dollars. My movie has more girls than y'all. Uh, 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 it yeah. has more gadgets. It has more... Cars and has Fanka Johnson. We have graduated the Mithril. Who was more of a villain than who Sean Bean was, and his death was. I okay. agree to that. Well, thank you so much because it's still the best movie that, with, that involves. It's equilibrium, bro. Come yeah, on, Gantata. Yeah, I'm not giving you. A you hit. needed Sean Bean's death <laughs> to finish not, off Hitcher. Because if he didn't die, then the Hitcher would have kept going on. You're void. So, huh? Actually, that's wrong because they did make sequels to the Hitcher, so boom. But it wasn't the same character. Don't matter. That franchise continued. Equilibrium died. Nope. With to correct you, to correct you, it was actually a remake of the original with Jennifer Jason Leigh in 1986. The 2007 version of Sean Bean was just a remake. So your movie wasn't even original. Exactly. Mine was. <laughs> and it set off the post-apocalyptic stuff. Also. And mine, What's my, up? Oh, my, my, mine, yes, it did. There was a lineage <laughs> to James Bond. And yes, probably Sean Connery was the better Bond. But at least, if you want to say they were trying, they were trying. They changed... M to a female. They got a tank. They got Famke Johnson, who, was, like Fred said, was probably the, one of the better villains. It just involved the Sean Bean character death, which it did twice. Yeah, you got a plus, plus, and yet Tina Turner and Bono on the soundtrack. You, you, you really love the soundtrack, don't you? <laughs> it was a really good soundtrack. <laughs> no, I'm very good. It's no, better than no, the Sam Smith soundtrack. Like Annie Lennox and Lord of the Rings, or whatever. I digress, you know. I mean, I mean, who here saw Lord of the Rings? No one saw that movie, right? I freaking love Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. But, um, but not that. Sean one. Bean's death was not the most important part of that movie. Fuck no. No, Sean Bean's death. Part, part, if you want to, give me the It's fine. It's fine. If you want to talk about important deaths, mine was the most important death because he that he did it stupid. If he did it, there'd be no movie. He was there for five seconds. There'd be no movie. He was reading a book and died. There be. He made a robot feel like an iron giant. That movie is stupid. I'm so, I'm sorry. You're stupid. He should have died in, <laughs> right, you know, in Jupiter yeah. Rising. <laughs> oh, that would have been better. Oh, I should have put. Oh, man. He, he, he died, died in Jupiter Rising. No, I mean, 
that, that, was, that, was a, that was a a comic book, wasn't it? No, no, it, no, no it was a graphic novel. Yes, it was. Yeah, I, I should have put it for, for this. List. All right, uh, all right. So, guys, that was heated. That was a pretty good. That was funny. You and like again, Rashad Bean's not really dead. No, but before we get to you, let me let me just say. I Goldeneye was an amazing choice. Yes, it so was. Mickey sold you, Mickey, huh? Mickey definitely you sold. Nah, me. I buy it, it out. Yeah, Goldeneye is the best one. Yes, it, it, I'm it, still it, going with Hatred, damn it. It was an amazing choice. I'm it, standing on my two feet. It, it didn't make as much money or have as much clout as Lord of the Rings, nor nor did it have the longevity. But Gold, Gold, Goldeneye is it was, a, it was a good choice. We talking about? He had like three movies. Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Roger, for getting us a minute over. Um, number three. What tearjerker movie scene will always make you cry? I'm going to start with this one. Okay, go ahead. And it's going to be Star Trek. The very opening scene when Chris Wait, Helmsworth... Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Chris Helmsworth... Go ahead, go ahead. Let us speak his piece. Taking the ship full on and saying goodbye to his wife and with his newborn son, uh, James Tiberius Kirk... Saying to all the goodbyes while I was at the movie theater by myself, I was actually crying, bawling my tears out for Star Trek. Even when before that movie started, I could even walked out before the whole post uh, the credits came uh, really? and all that. That will always make me cry all the time. Just, just saying I love you, and then all of a sudden he couldn't respond because the ship crashes. And all right, Roger, you're something's worth. I will watch that again. Um, I think that. The, I, there's two movies, but I have to choose one, and I choose the uh, one of the final scenes in Life is Beautiful. Because mm. literally, the whole film, the father it convinces his son that the Holocaust is a game. And right before his father is murdered, his son is hiding behind something, and his son wants to come out, and he tells, he tells his son, don't come out, don't come out. And then he marches comically, and his son starts to laugh a little bit, into like an alley and gets shot. And at the end of the movie, he's like, we won, we won. Every time I'm in tears. Awesome. That's a good choice. Good yeah. choice, good choices. Uh, mine hits a little bit close to home. Uh, it will be always uh, make me tear and cry like a little girl. Um, that's going to be Frequency. Uh, specifically, um, the, the second time that uh, Jim Caviezel and Dennis Quaid talk about over the two-way radio. And, um Every time that scene comes on, I'm getting choked up a little bit right now because um, it just not only is it set in Queens, there were Mets fans, um, and it's something that you know Jim Caviezel's character couldn't ever fantasize about having that ability again. And then for him to you know go into his old house, talk through that two-way radio, and find his dad and kind of help him change the future, that scene gets me all the time and the emotional undertones of just having that ability to do that and being from in Queens and, and, a, Mets and a Mets fan I think that every time I see it it's heartwarming and mine is and I got ridiculed damn for this. we're getting teared up over here mine is, mine is and I got ridiculed for this when it happened I was there was the where's his glasses scene from oh, my girl don't even Oh, okay. Macaulay Culkin died, and to, <laughs> and, to, and to set it up was no. That's a good choice, dude. When they went that to the forest, good. and she lost, and uh, Veda Vada lost her mood ring. Veda, yeah, yeah, Veda, and Thomas J went back yeah. into that forest, braved his bee allergy, bee allergy <laughs> found the mood ring, and then died because he couldn't yeah. escape this time. And then that whole heart wrenching scene in the funeral where she walks down those stairs and. 
tearing up right now too. <laughs> nah, no. she was like, "Where are his glasses? Where are his glasses?" Can't then, see. Where is yeah, his glasses? He needs his glasses, and then he, she runs away, and it was basically the climax of the movie, entering into the third act, and then her fully entering adulthood, and understanding how that death impacted her life. It just it gets me every time. Damn. You know, I seen that movie Damn. only once when it came out, yeah. and that that was really yeah. Shit, you, you guys all chose good movies, Your life is beautiful. That one, that oh, man. one was Obviously, guys, we're not gonna debate who's is better. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty hard. This is yeah. more of like <laughs> I was, uh, cry in that movie. If, if you don't cry in any of these scenes, you have no soul. Oh, man. <laughs> Come you on, man. Me frequency. The frequency. That, was, that was a good Star pull. Trek. No, I, I've never <laughs> seen it. You've never seen frequency. What? As I wrote it down. I never, you write down I, a I, list I of movies it. you gotta oh, see I right see now. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen frequency. Um, I, another one with um, it wasn't as it, it made me more emotional than cry. But the the scene where uh, Jim Caviezel goes into the bar with the t- other two cops and he like gets a new memory mm. because of what he did um on the two way radio. They he saved his dad from the fire. And then, like, he gets it, and he's kind of, like, telling the guys. But obviously, since he changed the future, the guys know already. Yeah. But for him, it's brand new. And it was just so emotional. It was like, yeah, my dad, yeah, your dad died from lung cancer. I was like, yeah, he didn't die from the fire. And they're like, what fire? <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm telling you, this whole movie, um, I don't think it ended right. That's, like, my mm-hmm. one gripe about the movie. I, I, I don't think they rounded the story out in the, in the, the third acts with a lot of present movies that do, do now they don't really do it that well I think that I think um, that movie was emotionally touching I think mainly because of my affinity for it mm-hmm. but also um, you know just it came at like I saw well, it didn't come it actually came way before but it, I watched it at a pivotal point in my life where it just emotionally impacted me that way and I think that's what happened with you and my girl and I think with you, with because uh, I, I think Kirk. I was alone in um, Captain Kirk with Star Trek. So. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really have anybody to lean on and and to go like, oh guys, isn't this like emotional or anything? I think I think that's what uh, like impacted more for me because I was alone in the movie theater. But another movie would have been I'm not even gonna mention it because I'll, I'll get bashed. But what? Well, movie? Well, don't say Twilight. Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. That was pretty. No, no, that's, that's good. That that was, was pretty I, originally, I was at the very end. At the very end, yeah. The, 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 movie, My dad actually took me to that movie. A, a movie was sad because yeah. when she died, you woke up. And yeah. he was touching the head. Yeah. yeah. A, a movie recently that gets me every time because I watched it seven times in the theater. Yeah. Was The Force Awakens with the Wookiee death cry? Oh. After Han Solo got stabbed in the chest Damn. by Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't see? Well, you didn't see Force Awakens? No, I saw it four times, but until yeah. like, like you cried, really. Yeah, you yeah. cried every time. Like I, 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 when that the whole setup of like, oh, I go this way, you go this way, and then he sees Ben. Yeah. On yeah, the thing, yeah. I was like, okay, he's gonna die here, but to see him, that the to see the him reaction of Chewbacca. Actually, like him, yeah, he was yeah. It's actually yeah. the lead up to that where you see Ben Solo making the choice of you know what, I gotta be a Sith. And I'm gonna, the only way to do that is to kill my father. And he you went, did it. went full dark side. And then you see the pain of Han Solo's face of his of his son's choice, but his the way Harrison Ford acted, where he just, like he, he still he still forgave him. him. Yeah, he still yeah, forgave yeah, yeah. him. And then you you hear the the Wookiee death cry, man. By the life death. Why, why are you laughing, man? It's the serious. Wook, the Wookiee death <laughs> he cry. He has to laugh, so he doesn't cry. Yeah, I know, I know. He has to laugh. <laughs> I know. Because I know. he has a massive sadness. Because like I've I've seen like internet theories that 
Chewie actually took care of a young Ben, and then like he sees him in the through the scope, and like he chooses to that would shoot be, him in the I stomach. Was just, that would be a good theory? That it was. It was just so great. And I, oh, I saw yeah. it seven times, and I tear up every time. And I remember the third time I watched it, I was sitting next to this couple that actually went to the first screening of the '76 uh, Star Wars in in the Chinese theater. They were there. Wow. And she she started bawling when when uh, Han Solo died. So that that recently. <coughs> so, so not to extend this too long, but the reason the, the scene was certainly touching. The reason I didn't cry because I guess always in the back of my head I think Han Solo is gonna come back. Mm. But I don't. I, no, I, no way. I, I haven't accepted it yet. No, I, I, honestly, I haven't. No, there's, I haven't there's no way because because Harrison Ford he he's like he said he wanted to die in uh, episode five and to make sure that he told Lawrence Kasdan. Stab me, make me fall into that crater, and then blow up the whole planet to make sure I don't come back. So he's not coming. Back. He ain't coming, oh, he back. coming back. Maybe in a flashback, because oh, no. now Force Awakens set that precedent precedent for flashbacks because of the Force Han visions. Han Solo's dead. So yeah, Han Solo. Yeah. Is Han Solo dead. dead. All right, guys, let's uh, move on. Well, okay. No more, no more tears. No more tears. No more tears. No more tears. Um, now you. we're gonna come to a more. Damn man. A, a, it should be fun. I think it should be yeah. fun. Yeah, it better be, it better be man. Um, and we're going to start off with Roger. So, dead, Roger. It's crazy. Why don't you pitch us for a to- fourth topic? That's crazy. Pitch me a movie released between 2000 and 2009, which can be remade today. Who will be a part of this film? What is the tone? What is the plot? So... <laughs> I know it's emotion. So, <laughs> the, I'm, so, I'm sorry. That really, it really yeah. got to me. I didn't know. I, I thought he was coming back. Um, I would have to say, <laughs> I would have to say, uh, The Last Samurai, starring uh, Tom Ooh. Cruise. Um, <laughs> Making all Japanese people? I, I, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Roger. Yeah, I, I he, he, he literally took yeah. the words out of my mouth. Okay. Make it, I mean, mm-hmm. why, uh, think, think about it. I'll be, I'll be really quick. Think about it, right? White, white guy gets captured in a Japanese village, right? He, he he is in the same house of the wife of the husband he killed, right? So he be- then becomes Japanese a samurai, right? Everyone dies but him, and he goes back to goes back home to be with her. It's stupid, and it's Tom Cruise. Any, I, I think if it had to be someone who was Caucasian, if it ha- if it had to be, I would probably go with Christian Bale. Or so right now in 2016, 16. the movie's co- the Last Samurai is coming out 2016, starring. It's, it's, it's either Christian Bale or or a Japanese actor. I don't know. Okay, that, that's that's what I can say, but okay. not Tom Cruise. Who, who would you have directed? Who? Good question. You. <laughs> Me. Yeah. I'm sorry, me. Yeah. I went direct. I do a good job at it. All right. All right. All right. Okay, so my pitch. I, uh, I'm going to give you everything, and I'll give you the name of the movie afterwards. afterwards. Right, okay. Cool. <clears throat> With the success of Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Vikings, and Aragon, oh. fantasy has taken a full hold of Hollywood. Think about it. We're all talking about Jon Snow, who his parents are, and is he really dead? Warcraft, still unproven, but the hype is strong, and it's coming out this year. Set in the kingdom of Ebb, the story follows oh. Farmer, played by Gerard Butler, who <laughs> was in his adopted village when Farmer's wife, Salona, played by Jennifer Conley, and his son sell vegetables at the town of the Stonebridge. Farmer's farm is attacked by creating by creatures called Krugs. With the help of his friend and neighbor, Norick, played by Alexander Skarsgård, he travels to Stonebridge where his wife and son are. But before he arrives, the Krugs, controlled by the wizard Galeon, played by John Malkovich, kills his son, kills his son, sorry, 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 and sorry. captures his oh, wife. Oh, oh, oh. 
farmer, with the help of Lana, played by Keira Knightley, and his sister-in-law and badass, and Norik set out to find and rescue his wife. The king's nephew, Follow, this is awesome. played by Till Schwager. If you don't know him, he's from Driven. He was the opposing driver. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Got it. Uh, is conspiring with the wizard Galen to take over the kingdom, led by King Conrad, played by Burt Reynolds. Oh, my Christ. It's going to be a gruesome revenge tale set in a mixture of medieval England and a Norse backdrop. Nice. Where a farmer must travel the land to battle the evil Galen who controls the Cruds, which is actually <laughs> a race of animal warriors. Oh my god! He picks up travelers as he goes on his quest, and they have this Arthurian, uh, Arthurian-esque kind of group with a, uh, each person having a specific set of skills, like archery, a strategist, your tank-like force. Um, it's going to be directed by John Wick's Chad Stalinsky. Mm. And it's going to be called In the Name of the King. <laughs> all right. He did it. I can't believe he did it. <laughs> all right. All right. Jay, you want to go next or you want me to go next? Oh, wait, my wait, God. Wait, wait. Hold on. How am I going to follow that when Mickey, me and Mickey, you saw Mickey, that movie Mickey, together Mickey. and bashed so, it? I'll, 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 I'll go next. I'll go next. You have to go next because I can't. I'll be really quick. It just exploded my mind. <laughs> I can't even breathe right next, now. I don't think I have lungs. This coming June, uh, Harvard graduates will graduate. <laughs> and they need someone to make a speech, I want you to say exactly that. Say exactly that and just walk off. And like, <laughs> and that was good. The that, was a, that was amazing. Bro. That was good. All right, I'm, I'm going to go next because Jay doesn't want to follow that. But I'm, I'm going to remake 2009's 500 Days of Summer. Oh. Whoa! That's a challenge. That's- Right? That's a challenge. Go ahead. Right? Go, I want to hear this. Instead, instead of a romantic comedy slash love story, okay. I'm making it a psychological thriller. Directed oh, by shit. who? David Fincher. He's a freaking man. Yeah, right? Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. I'm right? ready. I'm ready. Right? All right. All right. My Tom in Summer, Andrew Garfield, and a constant collaborator with David Fincher, Rooney Mara. Okay. Good. Right? Good. Right? So basically the story is, okay. is following uh, Garfield's Tom, meeting his dream girl in Mara's uh, Summer, right? This is good. Right, so basically, you see the whole Sid and Nancy thing throughout the whole movie, how that develops into like a whole toxic relationship. But the twist is, Summer died a week after they met, and it's all been in his mind. Ooh. Right, and at the end, he's getting interviewed by Doctor Autumn, cameo- being cameoed by Je- Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a psychiatric ward. That's oh, my, that's my snake movie. eating the tail yeah. ending. The, wow. That, that movie is better than the original. I don't even know if you should record it. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually everything you said was Come on, cool. David Fincher, make it happen, baby. Yeah, yeah, make it happen, man. It was amazing. Okay. Yeah, that was okay. pretty good. All right, so Jay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end it off Shit. with one of my very guilty pleasure movies. A lot of people don't really like it. Oh, and God. I'm gonna go with I love you, Jay. Somebody that you can teleport, you go anywhere in the world. Oh my god. I already know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think it is. Yes, it is what you think it is. I'm ready. This this movie came out on my birthday, by the way. I'm just replacing two people from the cast because the whole cast, other than those two people, were great. I'm taking out Hayden Christensen and also Rachel Bilson, and I'll put in. Uh, JGL and Zoe Deschanel just right. just cause right <laughs> and this movie's Jumper who's gonna direct it JJ Abrams I'll have the same okay. exact movie okay. just without those two characters and fast forward it a little longer uh, in time instead of them having to be in uh, either college or whatever mm-hmm. as high school uh, you can have Samuel Jackson as one of the paladins still you can have Diane uh, Lane as the mother as the mom still you have um, oh yeah you gotta replace um I love Kristen Stewart. <laughs> but you got to replace Kristen Stewart with um, 
Bryce Dallas Howard. I'll put Bryce Dallas Howard for that character. No, we gotta make her younger. So oh, uh, make her younger. Uh, I'll, I'll help you on the pitch. Chloe Grace Moretz in the cameo. Role. Okay, yeah, 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 you can have young, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. For, for the sister, yeah. and then and then later on you find out she and, develops the power. And it's a throwback to Five Hundred Days Summer where they played brother. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's high five. I like, I like that. that. So so I I want Jumper to be remade because they could have this as another franchise. You know, they ended it with that one scene of oh. Uh, you, you got a head start, son. You could you could keep going. Yeah, exactly. Another one, Push. Push. Or I Am Number Push. Four. Like, those type of oh movies God. need to be rebooted. Push deserves a sequel. I, yes. I, I love your director because of what he does and he creates worlds. And yeah. With the jumper world, it could work with J.J. And they could they could do a crossover with Push. So, wait. So, so Roger, is your... J.J.'s boring as a director. But is your story just the same Last Samurai with no changes? It's... Thematically, see, it, it has to be changes because the whole thing is is, is pretty much you know the, the the white man versus the Japanese. But I I think I, I would make it against uh I guess modern the modern Japan versus like feudal Japan or, or something like that because so it's a time travel movie. Probably yeah. That's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. And, so so it's like Looper with <laughs> with Samurais with Christian Bale. <laughs> Ooh. Who's and JGL. Ryan Johnson. <laughs> no, oh. <laughs> who, 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 Ryan would Johnson. I, who would I want to direct it? It's Kurosawa, but he's dead. Um, so, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, that would make good. That would be good. It would be brilliant. But you, you didn't say what other actors you would choose. He did. Did you? Uh, Jared Butler, Jennifer Connelly, Alexander Skarsgård, Kara Knightley, Burt Reynolds would be the king. <laughs> who was directing it? Uh, Chad uh, Stalisky oh, okay. uh, from John Wick. That's Wilder. why you said that. Could, 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 could you please put a John uh, Jason Statham uh, cameo in there, please? Yeah. <laughs> no? So you're cutting complete ties from the first one. It's a uh, 100% remake. Good. <laughs> so my, so my, my, my five hundred days of summer is like, is like Shutter Island mixed with Fight Club. You and I are going to sit down and write that idea. It's an idea. Mine is... Mine is just Jumper Recasting. Mine is... It's... You you wrote, you wrote a it's treatment. The... It's... It's it's grounded in the reality of uh, Clive Owen's King Arthur. Mm. Where there isn't really King Arthur. It's more of a persona that he mm-hmm. has exemplified and became king after the fact. Mixed... With canon, uh, 80s canon film, mm. B-movie comedy, with a... With a, a with, Channel 11 Hercules. With, with, yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. With a young adult theme at it, where you could have In the Name of the King, In the Name of the King, The Siege, so on and so forth, and retitle it as many times as you want. Okay. This, is, um, I, this is based, not to get an Oscar, not even get the money, but to get a constant flow of money. This, this comes up either in March my, or in June, and there'll be sequels. Mine is like, yeah. like Twilight in a way. Mine is going for an Oscar. <laughs> Yours is brilliant. Bro. Mine is going for a freaking franchise. We, we, franchise. we need another uh, we need another thriller. That's a that's a winner in a, in an Academy Award since yeah. Signs of the Lambs. Is I think. Straight art house. <laughs> Roger's trying to get into the Criterion. Curriculum. Yeah, bro. I'm sorry. I was thinking like for your thing, I would make it more like uh, Roni Kenshin meets The Last Samurai. Or even, or even or like, or, or even like Samurai Seven, where this group of samurais are facing against this daimyo that's taken over their land, and 
and becoming westernized. No, Wait no, a minute. No, it's more Kenshin. This sounds like Ronin Warriors. <laughs> no, like... Kenshin this, of Hard Rock. Like, 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 the, like the governor of this county is becoming westernized because he's, he's getting... In, this is hero! Because, because he's, getting, he's, he's, getting, he's getting money from the American government for like weapons and stuff. Listen, Wait, I'm that's on. Last Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on your side. Yeah, no, Stop it. Yeah. I'm on your side already. No, 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 I'm just saying like take elements from that but make it like make them all Japanese and yeah. them like them staying with the, the like what, what uh, Leonardo DiCaprio said we have to stay with the indigenous people their respect yeah. of their culture this Bushido yeah. this Bushido code is what this what your samurai movie should be about to me it, didn't, it, it, it would never happen and make the main character actually look like Kenshin but don't make him Damon Kenshin. Uh, <laughs> Kenshin was, I Kenshin was an amazing. Yeah. I should have mentioned that for this. Kenshin was amazing. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, that went longer. Um, but it was worth it. I'm it sorry. It definitely was worth it. I love, I love what everybody brought. I think it was great. I think um, the next one will be a little bit quicker just because um, I <clears throat> definitely misworded it. My apologies. Uh, but the fifth topic that we have is um, during a natural disaster. I'm going to simplify it. Uh, during a natural disaster... Pick an action star you want to be saved by. Right. Start with Fred. I was gonna go with. Uh, what is your natural disaster? I was gonna go with a, 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 a like epidemic disaster, and uh, I was, the character I was gonna choose was Robert Neville, played by Will Smith. <laughs> I imagine for two reasons. Wait, Robert Neville. Yeah, that, that? that's the, the character's name in uh, I Am Legend. Legend. Oh. Right. Okay. The, the, the reason why is because I looked at him as Will Smith. The, the, yeah. Right. The reason the reason why is for one reason. Is we we ride around in his whatever car he has in, in the empty New York and just listen to Bob Marley all day with yeah. his dog. <laughs> with his dog, yeah. play golf. Exactly, that's it. That's all. Okay, <laughs> so I'm okay. I'm gonna be trapped in the Himalayas, and there's a big uh, <laughs> there's a there's a big snow avalanche and all that. I'm I'm under all of that, and I need somebody to come oh, rescue me. And he's <laughs> with me in there. And I'm picking Sylvester Stallone because I'm combining two of his Jesus roles. <laughs> With day, Daylight and Cliffhanger. All right? Because he gets trapped yeah. in the Holland Yo, Tunnel. Was it Holland Tunnel or Lincoln Tunnel? Whatever. He gets trapped in the tunnel. Yo, and he has to swim up the whole yeah. thing. But this is a, this yeah. is a yeah. lance, uh, snow, uh, avalanche. So Cliffhanger. He's going to be able to carry me the whole way down Everest and I'll be fine. Ain't no way can you, bro. <laughs> yes, he will. But he was on the roids in the 90s. Yo, yo, he's yo, still yo. on roids. <laughs> he's Logic. still on roids. Who, who would you want to be saved by? Okay, natural disaster. I, I'm not sure if a natural disaster or not, but if it's like if it's like a, a terrorist plot or, okay. or, or or anything to do with like let's like like you know damn right I'm going like nine eleven or, or or something like that. I got with I, only two good movies. I, I I have to choose the greatest superhero of all time. <laughs> You're bugging. That'll be uh, John McClane play, play Bruce Willis. He will get me out of any situation. <laughs> oh, I will win. No, 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 wait. You're. Bruce Willis hasn't been John McClane since uh, Die Hard with Vengeance. Yes, right? I know. That, no, no, no. That Bruce, that Bruce Willis. That, that John McClane. Not the other one. Not the other ones. That John McClane. All right. So I will live. All right. Uh, this is one of the few questions I was not prepared for. Uh, and since nobody chose them, I'm going to choose them. Um, it doesn't matter what natural disaster. doesn't matter what epidemic. The Rock. doesn't matter what terrorist yeah. group. <laughs> I'm going with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> But, but Dwayne The Rock Johnson, <laughs> that a was mixture, a fun movie. A mixture fun from movie. Walking Tall and the Gridiron Gang. Because oh, okay. not only oh, does he shit. have the strength and the smarts and, he'll and the motivate army, you. he will also inspire you to be a better person and not and get away 
from the gang life and the thug life that I'm accustomed <laughs> to. And I'm going to, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an earthquake. Uh, uh, he, could, he could probably be recast in Dante's Peak. Um, oh, yeah, instead of Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <Pierce Brosnan. laughs> uh, so I think it's The Rock. But, but that came before 2000. So that's pretty funny. So you, if you guys need Will Smith, he'll help you out doing your zombie apocalypse. Whatever. If you have an issue with <laughs> climbing a, a mountain, you have Sylvester Stallone from Cliffhanger. Die Hard, baby. You have the original OG with Die Hard. You're lazy. Um, and then you have The Rock who could save you from anything except for um, from a galaxy far away since he hasn't done one of those movies yet. All right. Yes, he has. We wanted to save a few few moments into uh, some of the other it's topics that we like to talk about. But it would be number six, which would be Quentin Tarantino has directed plenty of films. He started in a few of his own. Um, but what we want to talk about is specific scenes. Um, I did not pre-screen these guys. So we might actually have the same thing. Hopefully not. Um, but I'll start it off. Um, for me, my favorite Quentin Tarantino scene that he has directed uh, would be in Inglorious Bastards. Mm. And not the one you think. It's going to be the card game scene when they went to the pub. Mm -hmm. uh, the game was simple. Each player must put a card with the name of a famous character from pop culture on their forehead. And then ask questions in order to figure out who they are. However, when, when used in the scene from Inglorious Bastard, the game takes a whole new meaning. Tension is building... It's very subtle, and Tarantino does it almost effortlessly in several scenes from this film, including the film's opening, which could have been my, my second one. Uh, with the audience, uh, know that the Nazi soldiers is bound to find out that he's, these are uh, a bunch of frauds. That doesn't make the scene any less of a nail-biter. And whereas in a traditional non-Tarantino film, this scene would play out with minimal casualties for the good guys. But this is unfortunately, or fortunately, not the case here. Thankfully, this brief role was only the beginning of the actor, Michael Fassbender. Right. Ooh, that was great. That well was written, man. All right. I'm going to go... I'm going to go next. I'm going to go next, and I'm going to have to go with uh, the scene with David Carradine, rest in peace, in Kill Bill, Volume 2, when he's, when he's explaining yeah. the differences between Kal-El... Superman and Clark his Kent. alter ego Clark Kent, and how he's really hiding behind the the mask of being human instead of being the the god that he really is, and having to blend in with everybody else. And I loved it because it was mostly just David Carradine talking throughout the whole thing. It wasn't really a, a big interchange with Uma Thurman because which Uma was a complaint about Kill Bill Volume Two, but I don't, I don't I, see that. I don't see that either. Point. But uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I liked it because um, he carried that that scene. On his own and yeah, and they're related to the bride character. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that, was, that wasn't mine, but that, that was, was a good one, choice. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm next. Um, I think my favorite uh, Tarantino, my favorite Tarantino scene. I, I, it, it would have to be. Can I? Can I curse? Yeah, you yeah. I curse like fifteen times. Uh, I, it, would ha it would have to be. Uh, uh, does my house say dead nigger storage? Because, you know, you brought this guy here, <laughs> his head blown off, and the God, damn, man, that's some good coffee. Of course, because Bonnie buys the, the shit. I, I buy the good shit. I, I want to drink my coffee. I want to drink my coffee. Especially when I, you know, you guys are bringing this, uh, this dead black guy to my garage. But, uh, hands down, I, I can never forget that scene. All right, my, mine's a cheat. Right. Mine's a cheat. He didn't direct it. He wrote it. True. And my, yeah, the true romance, the Sicilian scene, where you have Dennis Hopper... Acting across Christopher Walken. Yeah. One of the most... I think that's the best uh, uh, 
one of the best in exchanges in any Tarantino movie that he written or even directed because that whole scene, the the tension you built where you you see Hopper's character get captured by these uh, mafia guys and he knows that he's gonna get killed no matter what. So before he can even has a chance to give up his son, he decides, you know what, I'm gonna piss this guy off and just kill him. And and one of Walken's that that quote where he says, Tell the angels in heaven you never seen evil so singularly personified as you did in the face of the man that killed you. Fucking chilling, man. I never it seen was it, chill. so. it was chilling. It was good. That that scene is my favorite and the the ones you guys mentioned definitely my top five also. Uh, yeah, my second choice was definitely the initial scene in the beginning. I know yeah. uh, Shoshana, Francis Fran picked that Fran one. Picked that one. That was my yeah. second one. Um, but the third one was definitely the one that Jay said. Not only was it a great homage to all the the geek heads about you know the philosophies and ideologies of the Superman Clark Kent character, but it also built this tension up right before the actual sword fighting was going to mm -hmm. begin, and, and it kind of was um, referential to Beatrix's character mm -hmm. as far as you know you cannot you know you can't change a tiger stripes yeah. you're gonna be who you're gonna be so you know might as well live up to that you know uh, aura and become you know the baddest wielding fighter with yeah. the sword my, my number two would be the opening scene from Reservoir Dogs with Check. Oh, and tipping. The, yeah. the tipping oh, scene? Yeah, yeah. That, wow. was, that, was, that was amazing. Just, it set the tone of what their, the exchange is gonna be in the future between all these guys it just it just set the tone of what, what Reservoir Dogs is, and it set the tone oh, of what Quentin Tarantino, the dialogue he puts in the in his movie. So yeah, that's my number two. My number two is is pretty much uh, the opening to Kill Bill Volume One, even though there was very little dialogue. Oh yeah, I remember the second the, she got shot, she goes, "Bill, it's your pow." The guy next to me was like, "Holy shit." Did you see that? And I was like, yeah. I was like, he's like, you want some popcorn? I'm like, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the icing on that cake was the song that played throughout the credits. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. It, just, it, it was sung by Nancy Sinatra. Yeah, so it was, yeah. It was just, you, you think that you're going to get this high tension movie, but nope. it flips on his head with the next chapter between uh, uh, Vivica, Vivica Fox and The Bride. Which is another great scene. Yeah, but so anyway. Well, my number two has to be done with no monologue, and it's going to be the uh, Beatrix Kiddo versus the Crazy 88s gang. That whole action sequence was amazing, just cutting through the black and white with the color, and then um, going from... Only in the American room. version that happens. The oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, in Japan, they did... It's they did, bloody. Yeah, oh, wow. Just, I didn't even know color. that. But that that's, why, that's why they, they, they zoom in on her on her uh, eyes yeah, and then she blinks and yeah, it becomes yeah. black and white. Yeah, that... Because Quentin Tarantino's known for so many just like monologues and, and the dialogues between two characters. I loved it because it was just pure action and it was just going from point A, her starting the fight, to point Z, where she's ending up killing... Um, not, Lucy Liu's character. Not Gogo. Orenishi. Orenishi, yes, yes. My favorite, uh, this is off topic now, um, my favorite Quentin Tarantino acted scene is definitely his, um, his reflection on what Top Gun yes means. Yes! <laughs> yes! And the, the, the relevance of homosexuality, uh, misogyny. Come and, this way. Come this and, way. And, um, you know, the, the true essence of what Top Gun. Top Gun. I forgot. I forgot what it is, was. But, but he's like he acted in it. Yeah, it's on YouTube. He it's acted on it. Yeah. It was very funny. Amazing. Oh, I gotta. I gotta watch that. Yeah, just put just YouTube. Um, Quentin Tarantino. Top Gun. Top Gun. Yeah. Or just Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Top Gun. It's hilarious. Um. So guys, that one was actually earlier than I expected. Um. That's so. What she said. 
let's get involved with the last one again. Um, the seventh topic and the last topic is um, I didn't screen any of these guys, so there's possibly that we could all have the same <laughs> yes. answer. But I doubt it. Um, but let's start it off with Jay. Jay, what is the best speech or monologue ever performed in a movie? And I've said it plenty of times on this podcast already, and I'm having to go with Independence Day, the speech <laughs> by Bill Pullman. Absolutely chilling, <laughs> chilling, 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 whatever he says it. Because it unites the world, not just a nation, and saying, this is our Independence Day. We are going to come together and defeat an alien threat altogether. We can't do this just with us. We have to do this as a group. We have to do, and that's what unified the world. That's what brought everybody together, and that's, oh my god. I think he could even say that speech in any other movie, and it'll still be both chilling. Like, like a college graduation. <laughs> oh man, I, I love that speech, and I could, I, I think I could hear that speech on like uh, MP3 for me. I can just <laughs> listen to it in the car and just get pumped up. Yeah, I, it makes me so patriotic without having to be patriotic, <laughs> just, just like the unity. Roger, what was your... Uh... Mine? Best speech monologue ever. Can I read it? It's not that long. You can just say it first, and then you can read it. Um, <clears throat> uh, it's the uh, it's the final uh, monologue scene in uh, Shawshank Redemption. Oh my god! Um, can I can I read it? Go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> of course, I can never say no to Shawshank. He, he yeah. goes, "Get busy living or get busy dying." That's goddamn right. For the second time in my life, I'm guilty of committing a crime, parole violation. Of course, I doubt they'll toss up any roadblocks for that. Not for an old crook like me. I, I find that I'm so excited I can barely sit uh, sit still or hold a thought in my head. I think it's, it's the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man at the start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain. I hope I can, I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it is in my dreams. I hope. Hands down. Amazing, so... So I'll I'll go next. Mine's a little bit (laughs) of a personal life inspirational quote, Um, but it's actually a speech, and that has to be Al Pacino in any given Sunday. Um, She had a great ass. I think. (laughs) I think mine. (laughs) I think I think the speech um, was a self for that, especially for that character, was a very self-referential person. I think that he didn't really plan it. I felt. The way it was giving in the, given in the movie was something that was deep inside him, something that he always wanted to say. It's, it was like a, a speech that was more referential of the person looking right in front of you when you look into a mirror. And if I could just paraphrase a few uh, of the words, it goes, either we heal as a team or we, go, we are going to crumble inch by inch, play by play till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me, we can stay here and get the shit kicked out of us or we can fight our way back into the fight. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They are even in the break of a game every second, every minute. On this team, we fight for that inch. And on this team, we tear, our, we claw with our fingernails for that inch because we know when we win, winning and losing between living and dying. Now I can make you look... I can, no, now I can't make you do it. You guys got to look to the guy next to you. Look deep into his eyes. Now I think you guys are going to see... Who will be going for that inch with you? Now, what you gonna do? In any given what? what? I, I I haven't. But I'm, I'm, I listen. I wrote that a whole bunch of lists. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. But that that was a pretty awesome speech, man. 
Dude, him performing it has to be one of the best speeches ever. But all I hear is a great ass. So. Alright, Mickey took mine. Because she had a great ass. So he took mine. That was my number one. Oh, yeah. So I had to go to my substitute. And that's from Scarface. The 1983 oh. version. What scene? Right? The dinner scene. Where he goes yes. off. Yes. Right? Yes. Alright. Where he basically go goes... I'm not going to do an accent because it's going to hurt. Uh, I can't do it. Uh, I, I, but I'm going to say it. What you looking at? You all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So what that make you? Good? You not good? You just you just know how to hide, how to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell the truth. Even when I lie. That was just... Amazing. That is I'm the, the bad guy. That's who Together Tony Mantana was. It basically summed up who he was as a character and what that movie was. Like, this guy is going to do whatever he wants. Yeah. And he'll do whatever. It doesn't matter. He said, I, I always tell the truth, even when I lie. That's... Oh, shit. Tony Montana. And if I ever... Tony Montana. And if we're facing... Because if you say that to her, you go like... There's no way you can answer that. <laughs> yeah, but, that. but let's say like you're watching TV. Say goodbye to the bad guy. Yeah, like, say goodbye to the bad guy. And I just guy. leave. And I just leave after that. So where you so going? You go. go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, we're, if we're facing tremendous odds, then I'll say the Bill Pullman speech. <laughs> exactly. I don't really know. Because this what is I, our Independence say. Day. <laughs> I think if I'm leaving the country, I would say my speech. I'm not sure. Mickey could just say the speech whenever he wants. Every day. Every day. Every day. One day, why, I want to Why, why that one speech, is the best? I will take care of something. It's now. because that was like one of Al Pacino's last greatest actings. Yeah, Acting, uh, 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 Rolls, yeah. Restaurant scene was great. Yeah. But was, that, 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 that speech, it united one of the most dysfunctional yeah. teams in sports movie history, if not the, the most dysfunctional. <laughs> And it united. While it did it, while it did it, make them in the big game. They won that playoff game and continued. So oh, that was great. Wow, yeah, that wow. was a great one. Great ass. A great one. Your, yours is cool. It was the last time I was proud to be an American. Yeah. <laughs> no, but <laughs> it, it gets, if you watch this again, a part, a, a part of you like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, moving. Because it's, it's, it's extremely moving. A, yeah, a yeah. close one would be the 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 Braveheart, the first battle when he goes like. Oh yeah. Like, William Wallace is seven feet tall. Eight feet tall, they shoot fire <laughs> out of his arse. <laughs> I, I hear what he wants. But if I had to pick one thing from Braveheart that was the best, it's definitely when he died and he just it's yells out freedom. freedom. That was just the best one. One, one speech that I was debating if I wanted to... Um, that, it had a lot. Yeah. I think The Lord of the Rings. You could pick any of those movies and... Find a speech in there. One of the... Like, I don't think it was the best speech, but I think it was one of the most um, <laughs> memorable ones. Was in Return of the King, when he when um, Aragon Aragon speaks to right before they go to Mordor, and he goes, um, "There will be a time when the fall of man happens. Mm-hmm. It is not this day." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, it ain't this day, bro. We gonna win. It ain't this day." Well, but one of the best speeches to end the movie was definitely from Best of the Best. <laughs> Oh. When you had Day Dayhan, the evil dude that killed Tommy's brother, saying to save a life in defeat is to earn victory with with and you honor with pauses. You need the pauses, like because <sighs> yo, then he got his ass whooped. Then he goes like, yo, your brother too was a great fighter. I deeply regret your loss, and I offer myself as your brother. 
definitely one. All right, all right, all right, all right. So if you're gonna go martial arts movie, <laughs> I'm gonna throw in the the car scene with Jackie Chan, the Karate Kid. <laughs> oh I my built God. the car. I break the car. I built the car. But nothing happened. Oh my God. He was, that was ten. He was ten. He's he, so beautiful. He's so beautiful. <laughs> You gotta love Jackie Chan, man. That was his best acting ever. Exactly. No, 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 what's Wait. Harvey the Dragon was his best acting from 1986, <laughs> but don't worry about that. Um, I planned for like a few more. So, uh, guys, that's gonna end the topics, but maybe we could talk a little bit um, before we close it out <laughs> in, in about 10, 15 minutes. Break the car. Um, <laughs> so, a movie, so I have Showtime. Yes, you do. And a I mo- have Showtime too. Me too. And a movie that was playing. Which I can't believe I, you guys know I love Shawshank Redemption. I thought yeah, it's yeah. one Favorite of those underrated. It should have won that Oscar. Oh hell yeah! But it um, didn't did did the Oscar best picture. No. no, it lost to Forrest Gump. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Wait, Gump. no, no, no. Forrest no, Gump for- beat um, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. So, so who, oh, Gump. Dancing with the Wolves. Dancing with the Wolves beat. Dancing with the Wolves. Yeah. Beat Shawshank Redemption, which I don't know why. But anyways, hey, I love Dancing. Another movie that <laughs> appeared, anyway. which I when I saw it. I was like, Frank why do I not talk about this movie the way what is it? What is it? I talk about Shawshank Redemption? And it's Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh yeah, that's so good. Richard Dreyfus, he go for- a young, a young um, Empire, uh, Terrence Howard, a young Terrence Howard, and an amazing, amazing story about this guy who wanted to be the best musician, jazz musician, and then he ends up teaching, and he feels like it's a death sentence because, you know, those who can't teach, and he, he, can't and, he teach. And, and he keeps on, he keeps on, like, egging himself on, but as he's teaching, he's, like, learning, and he's inspiring these new kids to not only love music, but also love themselves and love life, and then he while he's doing it, he's still working on his grand composed mm-hmm. oh, um, symphony, and then beautiful. You, beautiful oh my beautiful. God, he has a deaf child. That, oh my goodness, the, the deaf child. Oh my God, don't. don't, don't I, I don't want to spoil. Yeah, but yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. as the story progresses, you know, it, it is set during Vietnam, so you could just mm-hmm. imagine what the story could be. And then I feel like each. Um, decade or every five years of his life in tenure he kind of it's like an episode and then there's this one episode that deals with you know female crushes of a younger age and how you Mm. deal with that as a married man and then in the end you know um it goes into modern times and you know you kind and then he finally gets to hear like not only his opus which is his masterpiece beautiful soul but it's like the fact that it was like an American who did it. Yeah. Oh. I don't also, know why it's not as regarded as as some other movies, but and, and, I think Richard Dreyfus. And also, and also, I love how they they do the um, his aging throughout the whole movie, like with the prosthetics, the makeup, mm-hmm. and all that. It, I was sold that like, holy crap, he's like that old or he was that young. Like, damn, why isn't Richard Dreyfus more in more movies right now? Is he? Well, not that, was, act? that was back then. He was in oh, tons yeah. of movies. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, I know, but I mean, like right now, I want him in another movie no, right no, now. You, well, you know who needs to come back? Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman needs to come back. He'd be tired too. He, I, I, I know. I know. He's been doing voiceovers in Lowe's commercials. He, he's the best Lex Luthor. That dude. That dude needs. He's like the last great American actor. I think. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman needs to come back. But uh, speaking of Showtime, you know they you, they've been uh, they've been showing a lot of uh, Silence of the Lambs, and I just got to rewatch it fully. You you, you all see Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. 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 I haven't I, I haven't watched it in like five years. The movie's but, amazing. Yeah. This yeah. first time. Yeah. Just like watching that. 
to see what uh, it was Jodie Foster, right? Yeah. Jodie Jody Foster did with Clarice. I saw a lot of parallels with what Emily Bunt did with Sicario. Sicario. And one of the one of the most it should have been nominated for best picture. Sicario. I can't be, I can't believe it didn't get nominated for best picture. Bro, that that's one of, that's the best movie I've seen uh, this past year next to Spotlight in my book because the 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 material they handled to make it that feel that real and you know that this actually could happen. Probably. And you had Roger Deakins fucking doing the cinematography. Yeah. Amazing! Wow, you guys don't amazing. And Preston, you could And like and amazing. And like Sicario, you think you're following Emily Blunt's story and spoilers if you haven't watched it. It, the it. it you, you all seen it, right? It switch. It oh, switches. Oh. It switches in the third act, and so that that up. that final scene. Amazing! I couldn't believe. I I thought it was gonna go some one way and went complete left. It was just. Oh. I want you to continue, but if you haven't seen, you you seen it. Yeah, that's why I can't. I can't spoil it. There's, n- you will not guess it. No, they already spoiled it. Who? Who's they? Uh, the people who announced Sicario two. And what sequel? it's gonna be about? They 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 announced a sequel. Oh man, I, I can see how they could do it, but so I kind of figured how? out where this movie's gonna go. I'm on. I listen, no, 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 I know no, everything. No, I know. I read know. everything. No, but why? Wow, why would they? And like, which is unfortunate yeah. for me. And this is like the first time I actually like seeing Josh Brolin be Josh Brolin in a movie. He did his thing. He man. did his thing as that, that as that ghost CIA he, dude. He was just give a fucking... shit. Remember, remember the interrogation scene. He's just doesn't give a shit. Just, <laughs> just pumping up next to the guy. It was just all. Oh, if you haven't seen Sicario, it was just amazing, man. Roger, from the last time we've we've seen you at the podcast, you finally seen um, uh, Speed Racer. What did you think? Okay. Remember, I said it was great. I got him butt like Okay. I so, just need your input. So, I haven't heard so, your input. So, Speed Racer, right? I, I've avoided watching this movie for a number of years, okay? Now, Jay said, you gotta watch this movie. You gotta watch this movie. I was like, I heard it was horrible. I heard it was, it was their, their worst film, the Wachowski Brothers. I watched it's it. It's not. Siblings, though. Is Jupiter's I haven't seen it. That was pretty bad. I, 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 pretty I, bad. Don't, don't even watch it. Don't even watch it. I have two copies. If you want one, I'll give you one. No, I'm good. Speed Racer was flat out awesome that like, like, there's no other what you, you didn't like it <laughs> no i'm sorry yo I'm sorry. i loved speed race it was so much fun it was so much fun and the colors and the it, it was so much fun and the, the best part was if i wanted what, to watch what, a what, color what, movie in color and watch into the void dude oh enter the void that's your yeah. Well, I, I, imagine he's driving his car and like this big like it's, semi it's, has the guns and the shooting. It's, uh, uh, it's a crazy awesome like. I'm it, not. I'm not too familiar with Speed Racer, but I watched. I. Uh, I, I've watched the reruns when they were showing still on Cartoon Network before they still had Boomerang yeah. as yeah. before they had it on channel. Tonight. To me, when I was watching that movie, it did not feel like Speed Racer. It didn't. No. Okay. Them. Them it, doing. It didn't. Them doing kung fu moves with a car. I'd rather just. Oh. I'd rather watch uh, Michael Bay do that with Transformers. Well, uh, <laughs> you're right. It didn't. But what? But, but it what, was still crazy. But what? Be- but what? Beautiful. What I did like. It did look amazing. Yeah. But what I did like was what they did with Racer X and how his storyline. Yeah. That if they concentrated on him. Yeah, there was it enough. Been a, it would have been a way better movie. Yeah. So Roger, what was the last movie you saw that was pretty good? Recently, last one. Oh, I mean, uh, uh, last one. That was pretty. Good. And don't let the time of the podcast 
I just saw Dope. Dope was on the uh, Dope was on Netflix, and I saw that. I think that should be higher in the recommendations. I think everybody oh, should oh, watch it. Actually, I, I was late to this, and I was really skeptical, but I saw uh, Straight Outta Compton. Oh, how great was that? Right? It was good. Right? Yeah. Right? I, I I just thought if you guys seen seen uh, Notorious. Yeah. I hate that movie. I think the movie was trash. So I thought it was gonna be something like that. Notorious was okay for what they were trying to do. It was all right. It, it was, was right. but but it's right out of Compton from beginning to the end. Act, the actors were so much better, and they looked dead on. I, I was like, is that Dr. Dre's son? It wasn't. But, he's on Walking Dead. That guy. Yeah. And he's actually the new guy in Twenty Four. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I read too. So <laughs> so so I mean, like the acting was was superb. The 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 directing, Shug Knight, everything about it was just great. Tupac. Tupac was great. The only person I didn't like was Snoop. Because he didn't look like him at all. Oh, he sounded like him, though. He sounded like him, yeah. but he didn't look like him at all. But Straight Outta Compton was probably one of the best films I've seen recently. Nice. All right, guys. So that's going to close it out for episode 100. I truly hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope we gave you your free money's worth because this podcast is free for yes. you to listen to. Um, so, guys... For more news and updates, be sure to check us out on our website at www.simplyputtalk.com or check us out on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram at Simply Put Talk. Yes, there is not a superhero reaction um, discussion today because it already went up. It is on the... Uh, we separated from the episode because we are going to go long, and we did. We went long. So, my Chicks name is... My name is... My name is Mickey Angelus. Find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MixCertified. This is Fred Neonez, a.k.a. Angelo. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Fred underscore Ed. This is our independent... Wait, never mind. Uh, it's Jay, and you can find me on various social media at It's Jay, man. What is he? This is Roger DaCosta, a.k.a. Sean Bean. You can find me at, <laughs> at, at www.filmwonder.com. Nice <laughs> All right, guys, we have a few special announcements uh, coming down the pipe. I hope you enjoyed the podcast so far with 100 episodes yes. plus a few spoiler reviews. Things are going to change a little bit. Uh, but before that, don't forget, C2E2 is on March 18th, 19th, and the 20th. I will be there um, working the con. So find work me it, and it. I'll give you a hug, I guess. Uh, Fred's going to be there as well. And he'll we'll be uh, in the speed dating, That's which right. I hope to see him at. It's gonna be on fun. Friday. So, guys, again, I had tons of suggestions of where to eat. We're narrowing it down a little bit and some other sites to see. Definitely do not hesitate. Hit us up at Simply Put Talk um, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, in other news, uh, if you like us, share us just like always on any social media. Retweet, favorite, like. Give us one share, of those new share. emoticons that Facebook got. Um, but definitely, guys. Uh, we su love your support. Thank you very much. And until next time. Positive vibrations. Sean Bean. <laughs>